0: hello and welcome to the modern romantic podcast where we celebrate romanticism hello, through art romantic Pod- storytelling and getting frogs out of our throat <laughs> nature music poetry creating and way too many rice crispy treats So we honestly need to stop eating them right now someone take these away from me Stat! come on come on come on come on come on take them out of my hand please hurry uh <laughs> hello i am panic at the costco and i am joined uh, today by my co-host Emily oh sorry so sorry I'm pronouncing that wrong Emoli.
1: that's right Emoli.
0: Um, Lee <laughs> as a reminder for our listeners right now yes I do have lots of vocal flubs but hey that's what you came here for right you are invited yes cordially invited we live stream all of our interviews and you are invited to join us Interact with our guests every Monday night at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 Central Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time in the U.S. Visit twitch.tv forward slash themodernromantic to follow us and subscribe, and follow our social media channels for announcements on who we're having on. Um, hi, Emily. How are you doing?
1: Hi. I am doing well. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Felt super formal.
0: Hello, Emily. How art thou?
1: <laughs> no, I, I don't even, have... you know, I've, I was watching the Met Gala pictures from tonight, the live update of the red carpet and getting absorbed in that. Um, So I apologize for my, I've, I was a little distracted.
0: Uh, that is fine because uh, as we were kind of talking about before the show started, today's my day to be a f- uh, very judgmental person. Uh, and as they are posting all the looks for things, I am critiquing them to absolute filth in my head. In in your honest opinion, do you think that most of the looks that we've uh, that we've looked at so far have honestly stuck to the theme?
1: Um, the theme is gilded glamour, and what? I was looking at some of them, and I was a little disappointed by a few. Um, you know, I feel like we should do a whole show just about the looks will be the new fashion police. There are a few that made me really excited that this event exists. Um, one of them is Hugh Jackman. Um, that was just amazing. Uh, there are a few, I was really excited to see that Mark Rober was there. Um, he, if you don't know who he is, go look him up on YouTube. He has the video of the He does a lot of science stuff, which is amazing. Like, he's not an actor or musician. He's into science, and I just love that he's there. Um, And and there's actors, of course, that I just love because of who they are. And, like, Alicia Keys brought it. I loved Alicia Keys' look. She she wore New York. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Vogue and uh, look up Alicia Keys' look from the Met Gala. What, what looks did you like?
0: Oh, the ones I did like. The two that I fell in love with, I think one of them has been everyone's favorite so far, which is Blake Lively's. Um, she had this big sash tied around her. Um, and kind of like how they do lots of very quick changes in theater, um, they had the actual fold of the dress folded up onto itself. So it looked like it was this... Um, I'm forgetting words. But like the... I don't know how best to describe it basically they had an entire layer of dress folded up into itself so that it looked like it was still part of the dress and then they unfolded it and it revealed this completely different layer to it and it had this gorgeous mix of gold and bronze and this teal color and she during the change wound up swapping her opera gloves The once amber colored and this like mixture of metallic colors came stripping off of her hands to reveal that it was matching her train behind her. Um, So the completed look I actually really like. Um, I didn't initially like it, but it is very much in that 1920s art deco style from the front of it. And then the back of it is a very modern conception of just extravagance. Um, and then on the more simple looks that I didn't think that I would like as much, but I am falling more head over heels the more that I l- look at it, is from Kwana Chasing Horse. Um, if I'm pronouncing her name, uh, their name incorrectly, my sincerest apologies, um, but it is a stunning look. Um, really the, the design is just very simple, but it, fl- it looks incredible on them. Um, it's a gorgeous color and it complements them incredibly well. So uh, hats off to you, Kwana.
1: I happen to look up Blake Lively's it's a um, I happen to look up Blake Lively's dress and it's a Versace gown. And that is phenomenal. Yes.
0: It's stunning. Um, if we were to toot or boot the worst look from tonight so far, Who would you have picked?
1: That's hard because I haven't seen them all yet. Um, (laughs) I was disappointed. It's hard because the person who wore this, I actually really like. So it makes me sad. Sebastian Stan. What?
0: (laughs) What the actual? Um,
1: Sebastian Stan, come on.
0: (laughs) How can we stand Sebastian Stan if he's not going to stand... For fashion
1: you know what here's how about this we want everybody to uh, at Sebastian Stan and get him to let us dress him next year yes yeah. yes Emma Stone Emma Stone could have done a little better too I agree uh cause said Emma Stone was a disappointment I agree. I agree. yes uh we're gonna have to g- go through these and and get a little bit more judgy critique
0: uh, What's what say we have some adult beverages we do a special one night and just go through all the looks together and we just host a special and uh just name it the fashion police i'm
1: for that, <laughs> I'm for that. Uh,
0: uh, well with that being said the person that i think uh has talked to us quite a bit about fashion and has so much intense knowledge of not only men's fashion, but also quite a bit of women's fashion. Um, and I'm very surprised by that, um, who I learned from learned from very quickly and still learn from every single day. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you may know him as the Nacho of my life. But Emily, would you mind uh, introducing our esteemed guest that's returning to us here today?
1: We got James. <laughs> Hi
0: guys!
1: <laughs> uh, we got James. I'm back.
2: James is back.
0: Ah, uh, Kaz asked. Uh, Please tell me, James, that you tossed those uh freaking shoes.
2: Oh no, no, they're they're still here. James. No. They're, <laughs> what are you talking about? They're still good. They got tread on them. I still hike with them. James. Do you really <laughs> I mean, still hike with them? Yeah, I still hike with them. They got plenty of tread left on them. They're really comfortable.
0: Oh, okay has has the um how do i put this polite like has the stench of so many months worth of travel has that worn off of them or is there still that lingering scent
2: yes so actually i <laughs> actually i soaked them in um chlorine and water and then um <laughs> i let them i, I scrubbed them out from the inside with a big toilet brush that i bought from the store and uh they now smell like tide so it's all good guys
1: wow okay 'Cause at one point I thought maybe they had actual like lives and they'd become sentient beings.
2: Oh no, they they definitely smelled like something sentient, let me tell you. It uh it was not good. I remember uh when you picked me up from the airport, Emily, you're being so kind to me and you were like, Do you if we just crack the window a little bit? I'm like, If it is it that bad? And you're like, Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, it's that bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have um like I didn't want to have to, but at some point, I I didn't want to be rude either.
2: Oh, but you know, I don't. I don't think that that kind of stuff is rude. Okay.
1: Well, I don't want you now, to feel bad. Now you know next time, next
2: time I come and my feet stink, you can let me know. <laughs> the no, your feet
1: will probably never stink as bad as they did that to they were Pretty
2: me. <laughs> bad. They were pretty bad. I actually, um, what was it? I found. Uh, oh, I found my headband that I had uh, worn on the trail and it was t- tucked into the recesses of my pack and I finally went through my pack and like you know I thought I'd get everything out but I still had that one headband and I picked it up and I was like what that smells like and I smelled and was gagged it was awful so um yeah if that smelled anything like what you smelled in that car you're a stronger person than I am
1: yeah it was it was a good day <laughs>
0: <laughs> she said facetiously
2: so you're
1: you're back because we still have more stories to hear and yes,
2: we got more stories.
1: We're wondering what you might have thought to start with.
2: I got you. So, um, I made a little list here, and let me go ahead and pull that up. So, so I have some pictures that, if you guys want to follow along, um, Emily's actually posted them on the Modern Romantic Instagram and Facebook. Um, one of them is. One of the more tense moments, not as tense as that uh, almost kidnapping, serial killer murder scene that happened last time. Um, but this was another tense moment in Virginia. Um, if you look at the picture, you'll see me beside a bunch of hay bales in a sleeping bag and then a picture of a dog. Um, what had happened was it was thunderstorming and it was just bad, bad, bad weather. So I had to uh, find shelter. Well, I was nowhere near a shelter. So I actually went onto some farmer's land and crawled up into the uh, the hayloft of the, the barn and set up camp up there, kind of like stealth camping, and uh, the farmer's dog found me and would kept, kept coming back every like 10 minutes or something and just staring up at me, doing like a little wolf, and then walking off, and then coming back and doing a little wolf and looking up at me and just staring at me, and it was tense. That whole night I was like, oh my God, this farmer's going to find me and shoot me, but I was not found and I was not shot, thankfully. And we're very happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to break a few rules. You know, I, I mean, if, if I if I had met the farmer, I probably would have paid him for my stay. But, you know, I also didn't want to get shot. So uh, I just got in point. and out, in and out without, without leaving a trace. That's probably best.
0: To that farmer, whoever you are. Um, thank you so much. And thank to that you dog. very much. And to that dog, we say good dog.
2: Good or boy. Sure? good girl always a good always it was a boy always good boy however you could have been nicer to me oh i mean just you know not ratting me out or trying to rat me out
1: (laughs) they were just happy to be there with you and
2: i mean what can i say i dogs love me
1: (laughs) huckleberry does
2: yeah huckleberry's such a good boy
0: huckleberry loves everybody
1: he does this is true
0: And to um, oh god, I'm sorry. Excuse me, just a second. Ribbit, ribbit. Basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wish Huckleberry was nearby. I'd pull him up here, but he's not. I think he's upstairs.
2: Sweet boy.
1: Yeah, he's a good boy.
2: Oh, we got somebody saying my dog.
1: Yeah, that's Cap. He um.
2: That is Cap, in fact. That
1: is Cap. This kid. That is yes, cap. It is cap in more ways than one. <laughs> um, cap and I had a Twitter war over, or not Twitter, TikTok war over Huckleberry, where I posted a picture and now he keeps trying to steal him. Now I Cap keeps trying happen. to steal Huckleberry.
0: Yeah. Archer, you better not. No, 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 no. No, you he can get it. A...
1: He'll so bring him down here. Uh, That's Josh. He's okay. upstairs. This is the Got part it. later we cut out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, for
0: those uh, that are listening at home, um, all we see in the chat uh, that Archer said is, I'll get HB Come for here, you. Uh, what I thought you meant by that, Archer, was that you were going get, to uh, get Huckleberry and take him to Cap. I was like, oh, no, no. No, 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 no. <gasps>
1: Huckleberry. Okay. Back. It's Huck. oh, okay. Huckleberry. Huckleberry. You're a
2: good boy. Oh, he you don't want to look at us. He just wants to look at the ground.
1: Look up there. Look. See that light that's on? Look up there. No. It's too bright. He doesn't know it's where, too where to bright. look.
0: Okay. Do you want to see three green. do you want to see three adults turn into just oodles of just like love? Put mm-hmm. Huckleberry
1: on
2: camera. He's <laughs> the boy.
1: More than that, there's people in the chat too.
2: Wait, Aww. no, that's not okay, I thought that that was a Huckleberry uh emote that Cap just put in there and I was like, wait a second. It
1: could almost be oh. him. That his could almost for a second black.
2: I was like, wait a second.
1: Aww, he has a pink nose, brown nose. Huh. I don't know. What color's your nose? Both. Yeah, he's just kinda not having it. Say hi to your fans, buddy. Oh,
2: he's sleepy. He's sleepy, boy. I can tell from his eyes. He gotta sleep. Oh.
1: Get your belly. <laughs> Are you a good boy?
2: He's the best boy.
1: He's great, and then he gets on camera and he's shy. Oh, <laughs> my mic or my cord here. Alright, say goodbye. Wait, oops! Bye. He oh, slid no. off my leg. Okay, here we go. Say goodbye. Oh. Bye.
0: Bye, Huckleberry. Bye,
1: Bye all my fans. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We should get Huckleberry shirts made.
2: I mean, look, there should be a Huckleberry OnlyFans where go go you it. people pay subscriptions to see your dog pictures. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you should, and you should charge like I don't know twenty dollars a month to look at Huckleberry <laughs> pictures. God, Cap would be
0: like number one subscriber.
2: Just so we don't have to resort to that, please remember to subscribe to the Modern Romantic.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, yes. We don't have to resort to pimping out my dog.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is getting cut from the podcast, isn't it? No.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's file that under phrases I never thought that would be said on this podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh man so I have a question for you guys yes what is your worst experience with insects ooh with an insect or insects we can, we can, there can be more than one but what is your worst experience with an insect or a bad experience with one I mean um,
1: go ahead, go ahead. well when I moved when when I first got Huckleberry mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry so much about Like, cause I lived in South Carolina and there are fire ant hills and some of my neighbors didn't treat for them. And so, Mm. but I did. And so it was really hard to control. And I remember when I first moved there, I had 31 and I know this cause I counted fire ant hills in my yard.
2: Jesus. And That's that's a war zone there.
1: Yeah. Well, I had almost, it was about three quarters of an acre. So that just gives you like a. You know how big of a yard I had, and I got also, it
2: density density of thirty one yeah. and three quarters of an acres. That's insane.
1: And I got it down to one. Mm. And there was a time when, I mean, Huckleberry'd get in them because I didn't um I didn't think about it right away. Like, oh, mm. so he had bites. I guess oh. I also got stung by a bee once, but like. I, I That was just a couple years ago. I had never been stung by a bee until recently. Really?
2: I'm glad I didn't get stung with a bee on the trail because I'm anaphylactic, and I was carrying on that EpiPen oh. ready to go, terrified of the That's day. Sad. I would get stung by a bee, and I'd have to be hauled off the mountain with my throat closing up. But...
0: I never had to worry about that. Um, I was at an open-air festival down in Myrtle Beach, um, just up in like Conway, South Carolina. Walking around, uh, next thing I know, I feel like little pricks of something on my face. Uh, on my hand and i looked down hornet mm. on my hand and next thing i know boop, stung me uh, didn't know if i was anaphylactic or not because i've never been stung before um so i walked into a nearby restaurant and sat down i felt kind of woozy for a little bit but i don't know if that was more the adrenaline or if that was just kind of something else mm. um but the worst was i was going in for uh I had been doing a show for probably about two weeks at a regional theater here and was walking, excuse me, into the said building of the theater and then I started getting changed and I just got really itchy, like painfully itchy around my ankles. I looked down, there were at least 10 bites across my ankle and then on my left side and then about 12 bites on my right. I had stepped into a fire ant hill on oh, my way boy. into the door uh, right before a show. And so the entire show, I would put, like, cream on there, and then I'd have to walk out, and then I'd do the scene. And in the scene, I'd have to find a way to just scratch scratch,
2: scratch scratch, oh, scratch Oh, no. It's the worst <gasps> of, like, having to play in your scratches so that no one knows, you know? <laughs> like having to like be creative with it and like you're, you're trying to do your thing but you also at the same time you're trying to plan in the back of your mind how you're gonna get this next scratch in <laughs> it was it was great though because i was playing
0: okay for our listeners this needs more context but i was playing a woman in the show and so i was able to like do certain poses for things <laughs> at which i would find a way to like cross my legs and then just like gently just like rub it and then just like play it off that I was just trying to do something sexy with one of the people in the scene (laughs) anyway, that aside uh,
2: so I have to, I've got to interrupt you I just saw 311's story in in the chat and I'm instantly nauseous Uh, 311stick says that's my worst insect story, ticks no, way down below my neighbor kids were eating the grapes off my dog they weren't grapes that's so gross. <laughs> that's horrible. That's, that's deplorable. I wish I could just bleach my eyes from that. That was the worst yes. thing I've ever read in my life.
0: Um, 311 Sticks, yes. thank, you. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. And thank you for sharing. But this is also a PSA. If it doesn't look like a grape, don't eat it thank you that has been your psa from the modern romantic
2: <laughs> so to 311 point i actually have a tick story um it was in virginia and i was laying down in a field just trying to cool off during the day and um you know ticks i don't know if you've ever been bitten by a tick before but like they get you and you don't know that they've got you like you don't feel a bite or anything like that they somehow like get in there without feeling a bite well i got up And I started walking and I started feeling like this, like it felt like a little like a tag on a a pair of pants was like scratching the inside of my thigh over and over and over again. So I'm like, what is this? I'm getting frustrated by it. So I look down and there are five ticks that have embedded themselves. I'd probably say four inches from my waistline, if that gives you an idea of where on the inside of the thigh they were. And um, I had to pull them out. And let me tell you, those suckers hold on, man. I mean, I had my skin pulled out probably a good inch and a half from the inside of my thigh. And they were still holding on, man. The rest I decided just to burn off because I wasn't going to do that again. By the way, that's the most effective way of doing it is nail polish or burning them off.
1: By the way, the silence you hear is because we're making faces.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To our listening audience at home, if you could see the faces that we're making... uh... (laughs)
2: They'd make great Halloween masks. <laughs> <laughs> if you
0: can, ima- if you could imagine the painting, the scream—that is basically us right now.
2: <laughs> no, but the reason I asked you about your worst insect story is because my worst insect story um, comes from Massachusetts. Um, I may have mentioned this in the previous podcast, but I wanted to go a little bit further in depth to kind of the uh, the story of this. Um. So. You know, you deal with insects and stuff on the trail all the time. Like, down on the Shenandoah, I told you about the cicadas that were, like, covering the ground. Every, like, you know, every so often there would be, you know, cicadas kind of all over the place. Like, the ground would be moving of cicadas. That's fine. Spiders sometimes find their way into your tent, sometimes into your sleeping bag. You know, they they don't eat much. It's totally fine. You know, you let them go. But mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are the bane of my existence. I hate them with a burning passion. And to my horror, when I was looking up the upcoming sections as I was approaching Massachusetts, I saw the comment that said, I think I would save somewhere that said, Mosquito Thunderdome, how quick can you get through it? He said, I got 45 bites in two miles. So how how quick can you get through this? And I was like, no, that can't be real. That cannot be real. As I'm getting closer, I'm hearing stories from people that I was in contact with going through that. And they're like, man, you... Before Great Barrington, Massachusetts, you do not want to play around. Get all of your gear on, cover up every inch of your skin, and run. Don't stop, just run. For two miles? For two miles. Do not stop, just run. Right? Myself, I was like, oh, mean, how bad can it be? So, you know, I spray some bug spray on me, and I'm like, ah, this will be fine. I start walking, and I realize that we were walking through a swamp. All right? Uh... It is, like, swamp with, like, wood plank Like a single wood plank with two logs on either end, making like a perpendicular or fastened perpendicularly, if that's a word. Um, And we're basically walking through the swamp on these guys. And I'm like, well, geez, I can't run on that. But besides, my bug spray is going to get them off. Nope. I don't know what kind of genetically engineered mosquitoes these things are, but they don't give a flip. They really don't give a flip. They'll land right on you, suck your blood, and fly off happy as a clam. Right? The bug spray does nothing to them. Right? Right? So I then stop. I pull out my long sleeve thermal shirt and I throw it on. I put my non-breathable rain jacket on, put that on, throw on my non-breathable rain pants, put on my high socks, duct tape everything, and then put on my gloves, my mask, and then I put on my glasses as well. And I started running. I ended up with 60 bites. How? It was so bad that I could hear the swarm of mosquitoes behind me. I could hear the dull hum of wings flapping behind me as I ran. It was like something out of a horror movie.
1: Well, they were probably biting you while you were gearing up in the middle yeah, of it, too. Yeah, that's probably where I got most of them. But so I still found them.
2: They were still biting me underneath my skin. Like I could feel the, the pinches underneath my, like on my skin underneath all the layers. And I remember distinctly looking back as a big gust of wind came by. And I thought a cloud had gone over the sun. It was not a cloud. It was a black swarm of mosquitoes that was darkening the rays of the sun. It was like Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, but with mosquitoes.
1: It doesn't even sound like it could be real.
2: It doesn't sound like, I thought it was, I thought it wasn't real. It is Mosquito Thunderdome. One poor soul uh, who was an ultralighter didn't have rain gear or anything. He's one of those people that's just like, uh, you know, if I get wet, I get wet. The sun comes out tomorrow, I'll dry out, right? So he didn't have rain gear. He didn't have extra clothes, anything like that. So he just had shorts and a t-shirt, loose-fitting shirt and t-shirts. We counted at camp one night over 300 bites over his whole body. It looks like he had leprosy or something. It was just red bumps all the way up his arms, legs, chest, neck, face. He looked horrible i'll see uh i'll see if i can get uh, his name is trip i'm gonna see if uh i can get a picture of trip with all those all those bug bites on him. <laughs> see if i can send it to you so i'll be now I'm itchy. watch that i know it's horrible
1: so i mean it had to, like obviously it's bad enough they made a sign about it and it's got some local legend stuff going on mm-hmm. so yeah that's amazing and it in is. a negative way
2: <laughs> oh yeah it's 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 unbelievable it looks like something orwellian like bugs blotting out the sky it's horrible
1: yeah archer 33x said i have witnessed such a thing and also been victim of such a thing on a camping trip in northern
2: minnesota archer thank you so much for backing me up it (laughs) is uh it's good it's good to feel validated in this because uh, i know it sounds preposterous that this would never happen but no i i've seen it with my felt it with my own skin it was horrible it was absolute and and it was also like uh, 80 degrees i believe at that point and humid. Because of all the water around so I was sweating buckets I was drenched on the inside and had to keep running
1: does having that many mosquito bites do something to you like I don't know like
2: mentally yes (laughs) absolutely It feels like you're going insane because you can never like scratch enough and like no one carries calamine lotion because that's like extra weight that like you know you think you rarely use you know you get two or three bug bites no big deal you slap some uh you know some Leuko tape on there to you know uh cut the oxygen off from reacting with the uh, the insect saliva and it helps um but you know when your entire arms and legs are covered in them like there's just no relief like every movement you make every little branch that you brush against it reactivates the itch and you're just like God, I wanna itch, just sit down and itch all day.
0: I this entire time that you've been talking, I have like been unconsciously just like scratching. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I don't funny. know I don't I'm know funny. why like I just I just started scratching and I like, why am I scratching? I don't know Ah, oh, that is
2: oh. <laughs>
1: for those for those in the chat, say something in the chat if you're scratching too right now.
2: I will say Calla just commented My Chemical Imbalance Which is what I am named on this podcast uh, You mean summer in Canada? LOL Yeah man Uh, I've seen it get so dark up there When I was up in uh, Maine near Quebec uh, The days were so short I mean it was dark almost all the time Even in October You only had a little bit of daylight in there I've never seen something so crazy before
1: Wow
0: Was there okay one if that's your worst insect story um were there any other weird like i don't know animal or insect stories that you can share with us <laughs> um oh okay by that <laughs> by that
2: by that uh, by that smirk i know you got something i do and this one is um one where um I, I think I channeled inner nacho with this story. I kind of became the nacho uh, for Ooh. once in my life.
1: Hashtag become the nacho.
2: Yeah. So um, stop me if I've told this story before because um, I, I want to make sure I haven't. Um, it is when I camped alone in Virginia. A lot of these stories are going to take in place in Virginia also because there's 550 miles of trail. Like a quarter of the trail is in Virginia. So it's like a, a good like two-month period that I was there. Um, but... There was, let me tell you a little bit of something about kind of uh, the ecology on trail and the biosphere that happens kind of around the trail that you don't usually think about. Um, The pandemic didn't just um, uh, deal with, you know, hikers and and people and civilization. It actually dealt with or had an impact on a lot of the um, animals around the trail and the trail community Um, because every year something like, you know, 6,000 hikers walk that trail and, you know, although we try to leave no trace, there are traces sometimes being left. You know, crumbs of a, you know, a cracker packet or something. Or, you know, sometimes somebody leaves uh, their food bag sometimes by accident and it gets taken off by a animal or whatever. But there is a small um, amount of food that bears scavenge for that hikers leave, right? And since no one was hiking the trail back in 2020... Um, the bears suddenly didn't have that food source. So in 2021, they were actually quite aggressive towards hikers because they saw it as, oh man, I'm not going to let this chance slip up. I'm going to get that food. So a lot of areas they would mark as um, aggressive bear territory, where these bears inadvertently were um, domesticated by hikers in a way, where they kind of relied on food. So it was in this section where I ended up having to camp alone. Usually in aggressive bear territory, I'd like to camp with a couple other people, just, you know, safety and numbers and everything. But this night I had to be, I had to camp alone, just some miscommunication. So one of the practices that we do on the trail is hanging a bear bag. I'm going to try and briefly describe this process to you. It's where you throw a rope over a 20 foot high branch and then your food bag is clipped to the other side in a carabiner. And then in that carabiner, that's attached to the bag you clip the other end of rope so you have a rope going up and around and both are going one's attached to the carabiner one's going through the carabiner all right you then pull it up and then tie a stick to the end as high as you can and when you release the stick can't go through the carabiner and the bear bag just hangs there it's not tied to anything so a bear can't like slash a cord to knock it down or anything because bears actually know how to do that Um, It's called the PCT hang you can look up a better diagram if you're more interested in that and um, you know safe food storage on the trail which is important to do. But that's something that us hikers do to store our food so nothing can get to it. Um, Not only because you know we'd be without food which isn't that big of a deal we can still hike a couple days uh, find a road and hitchhike in but it's also kind of an investment we would spend like 75 to 100 dollars on food every week because we're eating so much food and we don't want to lose that of course. Well, this night I was camping alone. Uh, I was on this mountaintop in aggressive bear territory. So my subconscious is already kind of in the back of my head going, look out for bears, keep a lookout for bears, keep a lookout for bears. So I set up my tent and I can remember it was unbelievably humid and hot. So I had a quilt that was a little bit too warm for the season. I hadn't quite gotten my summer stuff in yet. So um, I had to um, sleep disrobed so that I had as least amount of things on me to warm me up as possible. This plays an important part in the story in a little bit. Um, And I hung my bear bag a little too close, admittedly. It was only about 20 feet, but it was the only branch I could find, 20 feet away from my tent, so not very far at all, almost on top of my tent. And as I'm going to bed, my, my subconscious is just going crazy. It's going Every little branch snap that I hear, I'm like, it's a bear. It's a bear. I'm freaking myself out, psyching myself up. And I feel the adrenaline starting to course through me. And I hear one come really, really close. This rustle leaves. And I'm like, it's got to be a bear. So I jerk my head out and I look with my headlight. And it was just like a little tiny black snake just going through the leaves. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. James, you're stressing yourself out. Calm down. You know, you're going to hear something much bigger, much crazier, much, something much more definitive if a bear is coming. And I'm like, okay, maybe i should just put in like, I have earplugs on the trail to help me sleep as well. So I was like, I don't want to put in both earplugs because if I put in both earplugs then I won't hear the bear. Well, do I want to even know if a bear comes he's just going to come for my food should I maybe just sleep with one out and then like maybe put the one without one into the pillow so it's kind of muffled? I was overthinking this thing like crazy and right as I was about to fall asleep it's like three in the morning right as I'm about to fall asleep I hear the jingle jangle of something yanking on my food bag from up in the tree I hear the definitive like and I'm like oh Jesus it's here like i have a bear 20 feet outside my camp what am i gonna do and i am in delirium at this point i have just hiked you know 20 something miles my body is exhausted my mind is exhausted you know i am freaking out already so my logical explanation a rational thought process was i'm gonna fight that bear i'm gonna fight that bear what I'm gonna fight it for my food. I'm gonna show it who's boss. I just gotta stab it a few times in the nose and it's gonna run off scared.
1: No, you know? James.
2: <laughs> so I'm sorry. You, there's
0: there, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there is one thing that I take considerable issue with, and that is the fact that you said logical thought was to <laughs> was to punch this bear in the face a couple no, 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 of no. times.
2: No, 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 but no. stab the bear in the face a few times. Okay,
0: <laughs> still, logical thought, Stab the bear
2: and in... no. <laughs> So I had this Gerber pocket knife that unfolded to be about this big altogether. So that's blade and handle, about this big, right? To put that in perspective, that's uh about the width of length of my hand. Wait, right.
1: real quick, real quick, mm-hmm. gotta interrupt. So you're about to fight this bear with this Gerber pocket knife yes. in the nude?
2: Yes. At three o'clock in the morning. Yes, ma'am.
1: Okay. Day
2: bad. So- <laughs> uh, i hear that it's continuing to jingle and it's getting like more and more like aggressive right and so i'm like psyching myself up right i mean you know life is flashing before the eyes the adrenaline's like kicked in the primal like caveman energy is, is rising up within me the ooga booga energy is just coming in and i'm ready to fight so i quietly unzip my tent i'm shaking from the adrenaline and i turn my headlight on and i burst out and i scream i'm like oh f you up bear and i look up and i point my head like right at my food bag and it was just a, it was a freaking raccoon it was a freaking raccoon just pulling on my on my thing and it saw it, it saw my headlight and it ran wow <laughs> so i went back to sleep and i was like i don't even care if a bear gets me anymore i'm just i'm just going to bed. <laughs> like it's... I, I, i've rightly made a fool of myself i'm just gonna go to bed
1: so Capona said just do what the old wrestling promoters did when they held bear versus man matches give the bear a coke to calm it down does that even work is that
2: real I, I don't know if that's real but I don't know if he means bear a coke or bear coke oh like cocaine yeah actually did you hear about that <laughs> that there was a grizzly bear that uh, found a drug cartels uh, plane that had crashed with like uh, 25 kilos of cocaine in the payload no they ate all 25 pounds of cocaine and was probably the most deadly creature on the face of this planet until it died like four hours later <laughs> oh. no can you just imagine a goda bear that's it, terrifying
1: Kala wants you to give the bear a a, a dragon punch a, shoryuk- a dragon punch. shoryuken I don't know if I'm saying that right
2: a you shoryuken
1: yeah,
2: oh I don't know. It said the okay. bear. Oh, what? Oh, I was going to say, the bear made the year after the adventure therapy, after the adventure, and that raccoon definitely was talking to its therapist the next day. Yeah, that raccoon, I probably, I probably scared the heck out of that raccoon.
0: How can I imagine the, ther- now that you've told the story, how can I imagine the detailed nature of said therapy session with that raccoon?
2: Well, it probably, that, that echo of my scream probably haunted the raccoon as much as it did me. <laughs> <laughs> like, the regret that I felt from hearing the echo of my manly yell to a raccoon.
1: Like <laughs> recurring nightmares. Yell,
2: yeah, yeah. I can just feel the cringe ra- rising up within me whenever I imagine that sound.
1: I saw oh, something... I see what happened.
2: Calla said, come hiking in Algonquin Park sometime, my chemical imbalance. That's me, James. Oh, Huge provincial park. Um, all you have to say is just come hiking and I will come hike so it doesn't matter where when or how I will come hike I would love to go hiking in Canada Um, Maine which is basically the same um, you know uh, forestry as Canada loved it it was beautiful so yes Cala I would love to come so uh, so Trey you you Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier about how you were doing a theater production of the Fire Ants and you were um, performing as a a woman in the play Uh, yes Did you want to elaborate on that? Because I have something to elaborate on that ties into the trail story. If you don't, that's fine. I'll jump right in.
0: Um, I can. Um, I'm sure at some point someone's going to ask for pictures. And there's only one remaining picture that I am willing to share from that moment. Um, It was from a play called Psycho Beach Party. Um, It's a parody of the 1960s Gidget films. Uh, about like a tomboyish girl trying to fit in with a bunch of surfer dudes etc um, etc et so the original production was written by um, was written by the guy and the protagonist of the show was also played by the author or the playwright of the show mm. so mm. it's a man playing this like 15, 16 year old girl but it was really funny because that guy was did, looked nothing like a 15, 16 year old uh, girl I see but every other character in the show was played by someone of gender so what they had what our director wanted to do was have all the women in the show be played by men except for one character um cut to the cut to the auditions no one was really no one of a non-female gender or identifying gender was auditioning for one of the parts which was like the movie starlet mm-hmm. uh Her name was bettina barnes and i said you know what i'm gonna step out of my comfort zone for a second and audition so i did i got it and did not think about the repercussions of said uh said event until costuming decided to happen and (laughs) and and that is that is when i started to question oh god What have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Um, For my opening scene, I wore a one-piece bathing suit. Um, I had hip pads for days. Your girl was thick with, like, (laughs) four Cs. I, let's see, what else? Um, I had this bra. Uh, I won't go too much into detail, but we turned it into a sight gag. Um, I will talk about that story a little bit more long story short um i played a woman and the point of the show was that we had to play these characters authentically Mm. they were already so much larger than life that that to play them anything like slapstick would have just taken away from the actual comedy itself Mm. so i had to play like i was an actual woman so it was a like tongue-in-cheek sort of experience to the audience to say we know that this is a man dressed as a woman um trying to play this off. We know that's what's happening, but that's what makes this funny. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was Bettina Barnes for about three and a half weeks of a run of Psycho Beach Party here in Charlotte. Um, Long story short, our first opening night, uh, we sold sold beer and we sold alcohol. The comments that I got went as thus. Oh my god. God, you look like Nicole Kidman. <laughs> when I look back at photos from that event, there's a reason that I don't share um, share them openly much on Facebook. I look nothing like Nicole Kidman. I look like if someone had taken the ugly stick and beaten me within an inch of my life as a woman.
2: So I, too, do not make a very convincing woman. Um, <laughs> I... I can you tell? The butt generally gives it away. Um because uh in Parisburg I had to dress and drag and do a scavenger hunt for winning prizes for trail days. Mm-hmm. And um it was put on by a former hiker named Honey Bun, who was the most flamboyant southern man I've ever met in my life. Um
0: I love him already.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um I'll tell uh, I'll tell uh, you guys the jokes he'd tell me off camera because they are uh, they're quite um, intense of jokes. But um, he he was just hilarious and just a wonderful soul. Um, but what he did was he made the scavenger hunt where we had to go visit all the local businesses in Parisburg dressed up in drag to win these prizes. Where he would either what's called slack packing us, which is lightening our pack and dropping us up and picking us up on the trail, so um, we don't have to carry as much to cover a section of trail. The other prize was whitewater kayaking, um, which he would take us on, and you wouldn't have to pay anything. Um, I came in first, so I won. Um, and there's actually a newspaper clipping of me and my best friend in drag on the trail um, winning the uh, winning the, um, the competition. But uh, it was just uh, going through a very uh, small, religious southern town um, with a bunch of stinky hikers with beards dressed in drag. Uh, Running around the town like madmen and screaming at people to stamp their passports. Um, It was it was a sight to behold for sure (laughs) For sure.
1: So how do we look this picture up?
2: Um, let me see if I can find a link to this Because I'll I'll put it up for everybody to see I have I have a picture of the clipping, but I want to see if I can find a a Link to like an e-article or something
0: uh kaz kaz put it into our chat james orphy give me an hour uh, and i'll make you change that opinion that you don't make a good woman <laughs> um <laughs>
2: I, I i don't know how to respond to that <laughs> um so, um, Emily, I'm going to go ahead and send you a picture of the newspaper clippings because I cannot find an E1. However, okay. this is not the best picture of me in drag. I was wearing this red floral dress. Um, but uh, I had my um, jacket on after that because I started getting cold. But it's my best friend, Mackie, and I. And he's dressed in drag with makeup on. So, But um, there's actually a story with the, uh, the whitewater kayaking that I wanted to share as well. Um, I feel like... If either of you guys had swapped positions with me in this, that this would play out the exact same way. Um, but uh, how it worked out is that myself and a few other people went uh, in my family went whitewater kayaking, put on by this guy Honey Bun. So he took us out there, and everyone had an open top canoe, which is like the sit on top ones, you know, that don't have a a thing on top of it. Of course, you sit on top, and they float. Pretty easy to tip over, but they won't sink. Right. Well, he ran out of those, and the one that he gave to me, because I had a little more experience with white water, was the sit-down in, the, you know, covered top kayak that has a giant hole, you know, that can fill up with water. Well, he didn't have a skirt to go over it to prevent the water from going in, so whenever I'd go into a rapid, I would start to sink, right? We hit this particularly bad section of rapids um, with my friend, Drafty, and the first thing, I'm, I'm kind of riding in the back, making sure everyone's good, because if anyone falls out and they need help, I can help them up, you know? um i'm in the back and i see drafty flip his uh, kayak over and so he i see him desperately crawling to the top and he's breathing heavy and everything and i start sailing past and i hit a rapid and a big gust of water comes in and i start sinking and so my friend is trying to get on top of his kayak going through these you know class three class four rapids i am now sinking in class three class four rapids and all that's left is just the little tiny stern just poking out of the water. And I am now turned around backwards, going down the rapids, sunk and backwards. He's now crawling on top of his kayak, gasping for air. And we get a moment to collect ourselves. And he looks at me and he's like, are you all right, bud? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. You? He's like, I'm doing fine, bud. And I was like, oh, okay. And we just sat there and he just coasted, you know, hanging onto his kayak. And I was sat sunk, just going through these rapids. And we were just kind of deadpan looking at each other. And it was this beautiful, like, dry humor moment of, like, the seriousness was taken out of the whole situation. But uh, here we are just going, are you all right, bud? Yeah. Doing all right. You? Yeah, doing all right. <laughs> As I'm going backwards down these rapids.
1: <laughs> I've been whitewater kayaking, so um, I can relate.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It is. I mean to go again. The Whitewater Center um is opening up soon, which I'm really excited about.
1: Ah, so the Whitewater Center for those that don't know is in sh- near Charlotte, North Carolina and it's where the national it's the Olympic
2: Yeah, it's the training grounds for the Olympic whitewater yeah. kayakers. But uh, they open it to the public and you can go down the flumes as well if you pay uh pay some money.
1: There it is. Okay. Thanks. I'm going to I'm going to just screen share here. Let me do this. Sorry, this is good radio.
2: <laughs> it's alright. Um I can uh I can tell you guys about one of my favorite characters I've been on the trail besides H B, uh, Honeybun, which is Squeak. Squeak is a um, a wonderful lady, um, mm. who um so she she's what we call a trail angel. She's someone who's been around a long time and helping hikers as well, known to the hiker community. She lives up in Pennsylvania. Oh, there we go. That's me and my best friend Mackie. I promise I do have eye makeup on underneath the glasses, just these glasses are transition lenses. So uh they blocked it all out. And that is a red dress underneath Oops. that I was wearing. So <laughs> and he is wearing a hat and some cleopatra kind of really bad badly winged eyeliner and a dress and those are our certificates of completion
1: sure enough the roanoke and, times
2: and walking the
0: met gala 2022 is our friend james never In wearing of- wearing an abomination Wearing an a curious ensemble of a windbreaker jacket with a somewhat velvety looking red dress underneath, accompanied by a beautiful, beautiful blue dress. It was a like granny dress.
2: That was like a granny dress that like goes out and prunes the garden, like you know <laughs> like wrinkly cotton with the little bunnies and white floral designs on it, like granny level. Came down to my ankles
1: we have a question from the um audience it's what is the best phone slash camera to take hiking a gopro
2: um so uh, it depends on what you plan on doing with it Kalla. so um if you're looking for something like what i did which was more of documenting more for myself because i know that my memories fade after a while and i want to retain as many memories as i can a, a good updated smartphone with any sort of uh, hd capturing technology for video is perfect um you know it's multi-use you can use it for maps cell service you know all this other stuff along with a uh, camera uh, and video so that's what i used. however if you're more the vlogging type um a gopro is perfectly fine i would say anything after a hero a hero four and after would be perfectly fine um, you don't need to get all the high-tech stuff with a gimbal or anything you know um a lot of people just had a mount on their backpack to do forward shots and then they would just hold it out like this when they hiked um so a gopro is perfect however there are a slew of other hd action cameras that i know are that are not gopro brand that other people used i don't know the name of them off the top of my head but yeah you're just looking for something light small long battery life big storage and um yeah good picture quality that's kind of what you're looking for
1: is battery i suppose battery life i don't know how long gopro batteries last anymore
2: um, it depends on what you do with them. You know, if you're just filming constantly and you're doing like a long section, like a long time lapse, battery's going to drain a little bit more. But like for quick little vlog stuff or pictures, um, I think it's perfectly fine. Um, besides, we all carry like a big charging brick that uh, we charge up our phones and electronics okay. with on the trail um, because my phone battery, I needed to replace it before trail, but I never got to do it. Um, so I had to have a big one to recharge my phone a lot of times, but mine could recharge my phone fully like seven times, I think it was. Uh, before it, it gave out. So, um, you know, better life's not too much of a concern, but you do want to be mindful of it. And you're welcome, Kella.
1: <laughs> Kaz said, oh, 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 James, this is for you. Remember Peter Pan.
2: So Kaz, I was I was viscerally reminded of this the other day um, <laughs> when I, I was reading an article and that story actually popped up where he kills the Lost Boys. And. Um, oh, and also eats them, possibly, um, in the original books. So, um, yeah, thank you, Kaz, uh, for breaking the news before uh, that article did. Um, I still hate you, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> it's a love hate thing. I know. She knows that I don't hate her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got to laugh at least.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, Peter Pan. You know you you wrong for that by the way You still wrong for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> So if for um, those Who ha- didn't listen to the last Episode you have to backtrack A little bit
2: yeah. So Kaz pops up And talks about what were we talking about Peter Pan being um, one of my favorite childhood Movies I think is what we were talking about And then Kaz breaks the news that You know in the original Peter Pan actually kills The Lost Boys um, The Lost Boys are actually all dead and, um, you know, he's just taking care of their souls and all that kind of stuff. And it was horrible and it was, you know, wrong. And um, she had no place to do that. So the end.
1: <laughs> it was wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was criminal. It was cruel and unusual. Um, but back to what I was saying, Squeak. She's a lovely trail angel in. Um, Palmerton, Pennsylvania. And she was a wonderful woman who let us camp in the back of her yard. But my favorite thing about her was every day, precisely at six o'clock, she would walk onto her front porch and play the bagpipes for 30 minutes. I mean, fill the streets with bagpipe sounds. Um, I have a video of that as well, but um, it, uh, yeah, she would, and she, uh, she takes it actually quite seriously. Um, She, you know, is very fond of her bagpipe that she rescued uh, from her basement being flooded and had to nurse it back to life and like went and ordered actual like tartan wool and restitched it herself to cover the bag wow Um, yeah and um but she would play the bagpipes and funny enough i I don't know any other community in the world that actually would enjoy the bagpipes for 30 minutes every single night but the entire town of palmerton gathers around her front porch and listens to her play bagpipes every night it's like a little ritual that they do i find it wonderful i do
1: I do too. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, cool lady. Real cool lady. Nothing but love for her.
1: Bagpipes is something I wanted to try to learn how to play at some point.
2: Okay, so you know I used to play tuba, right, Emily? Yes. Yeah, yeah so you know, I have, you know, a little bit more stretched out lungs than other people. I can carry a little bit more air than, you know, average people, right? Um, so Squeak actually let me try playing her bagpipes, right? And putting in the air to it. Oh my God, that is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It is so much harder than you think. Like, imagine trying to blow up a balloon, you know, the size of a bagpipe, but doing it through the tiniest little pinhole, and that's the kind of back pressure air that you're experiencing. Like, you're having to really force this air through and keep it constant and full all the time while playing the instrument, while squeezing it and, like, keeping it... It's, it's, It's a mind game I can't possibly play, so... She is a lot stronger of a breather than I am.
1: Wow. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, Kaz, you play the bagpipes as well. They are awesome. They are awesome, but good lord the wind.
0: I now want to see Kaz make leather armor for a horse, but also sit upon said
2: horse playing the bagpipes. But the bagpipes got to have leather armor as well.
1: I, that's exactly where I thought he was going. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say, "I can't." I want to see Kaz make leather armor for horses and also for bagpipes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what would that look like? It would just look like an armored bean with tubes sticking out of it. Look like a sea anemone, I think.
1: Three Eleven Sticks said, "My mommy plays the bagpipes." That's pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, and Kaz points out the good point: you have to keep the air pressure steady. While you're turning your face blue because of the pressure, it's like you're trying to blow air through a brick wall and you're trying to push this air through that and fill that bag up and keep that kind of pressure steady with your head pounding and try and play the stupid instrument. I can't do it.
1: Isn't there like a one way valve though? Or is it not? Yeah,
2: but it's just that it's so tough to get that air in. There's so much what we call back pressure as a musician. There's so much back pressure, air pushing back on you. you have to like triple quadruple down the force that you're blowing into it to make actual have air actually go in rather than come out so Um,
1: if you you have a hard time blowing up a balloon let's say you bagpipes
2: would oh your bagpipes would just I mean you might as well hold your breath okay like that's that's what it'll feel like it's just you holding your breath and trying to blow air through your closed lips (laughs) does that make any Um, sense
1: no but thank
2: you (laughs) Look, y'all. This is my third one of these. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I understood what you said.
0: <laughs> so, for everybody listening, if you want to see Emily learn to play the bagpipes, uh, she's going to give a solo concert in six months. Uh, please go to Twitter and blow up uh, "Emily plays the bagpipes." hashtag Emily Im- plays bagpipes.
2: Emily masterclass. Right,
1: a masterclass. Oh, that'll be funny.
2: that would be fantastic
1: let's have master classes on things we don't know now
2: (laughs) oh that's fantastic yeah we should like okay it's like that new jackbox game have you guys played jackbox before what's that so jackbox is this like party game where they give you these silly you know games to play with your friends and it's 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 perfectly designed to be comedic and create funny interactions okay um one of my favorite ones is the presentations one you have to stand up and you have to give a presentation on you don't know what's coming up in the next slide. Um, so the people, the other people in your party, pick the name of it and then pick the slides and pick the text. And you have to just, you know, what's it called? Uh, improv your way through it. And it is it gets into hilarity. Um, you know, I've been on the I've been on the ground crying sometimes because of how funny it gets.
1: OK, I can I can Improv.
0: I feel like this would be a really good group to do um, something breaks the internet with Jackbox.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this would be.
1: Is there a way to play something like that
2: online? Yes, there is.
1: With our chat members? Yeah, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's specifically
2: designed for streaming on Twitch. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We can have a night of it. Yeah.
1: Okay, we'll talk about that at some point maybe we can make that happen that sounds like it might be fun
2: it's hilarity it's hilarity
1: it sounds like it would be meanwhile i have to get a chanter to practice on so i can one day play the bagpipes maybe (laughs) should i start by actually blowing up some balloons because i feel like that's already a challenge um (laughs) like my sinuses already don't like that
2: Kaz, help me figure out like what would be an equivalent <laughs> to blowing up a bagpipe. It would be like if you took a straw and tried to blow up a bagpipe, or a, a balloon. That'd probably be more accurate, wouldn't it, Kaz?
1: Uh, waiting for an
2: answer. Modrom party, love that.
1: Modrom party night. That would be cool, yeah. And yeah,
2: the no chat party. can get in on it. And they can hey. vote. Ain't no
0: party like a party because a room party don't stop unless it's ten p.m. and then I turn into a pumpkin and then it got it. Yeah, you 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 don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Goodbye.
2: <laughs> oh, Archer said blow up a twenty-foot inflatable duck via a straw. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, it's funny because we do have a story about well, not the straw part,
2: but the the twenty-foot inflatable duck. Yeah, yeah.
1: There was a oh. um. She said, "Yeah, blowing up a balloon and squeezing the balloon at the same time."
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's ba- that's basically it. Yeah,
1: uh, it's
2: rough. It's rough.
1: It just doesn't look rough. Like they just make it easy. Look, yeah, easy. it's like because they, ice they're skaters. so good at it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so, um, on the Rhinus Leather podcast, which is one of our first handful of podcasts, um, mm-hmm. which is where. I think where we met cause. But anyway, when we had Rhinus Leather on the show, we, um, forgive me. (laughs) (sighs) What were we talking? Oh, Julie was the host. That's where I was going. I'm sorry. God. Um, Okay. So Julie co-hosted that one with me and Mm -hmm. she played a prank on Archer 33X by sending a neighbor of ours uh, named Chris, who was Chris from the Romeo and Juliet episodes one and two, he played Mercutio, sent him a giant inflatable duck. And Chris, it, in the early morning hours, came over, blew up the duck, and threw it on the pond. And so, <laughs> and waited until Archer33X noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was drake the dog that noticed it first
2: <laughs> drake, drake, was, probably not very drake happy.
1: was like what is on my what is in my yard yeah and uh so the duck lived there all summer um and it was it it had a good life until it didn't <laughs> because eventually it got cold and eventually it may have gotten a hole and eventually it suddenly it didn't maybe eventually it was flat but it lasted months and months and it was wonderful (laughs) and i'm sure people driving by could see the the duck on the pond that's the best
2: part i'm sure they could have Mm -hmm. and just like what is going on in that house
1: oh and then yeah julie arranged for um a bunch of friends to randomly and anonymously just ship hundreds of little rubber ducks here so, this was before I lived here, so um Josh would open the mail, and there'd be like another thirty ducks, or he'd open the mail, there'd be another ten, there'd be another fifty, there'd be another hundred and so uh, yeah, so there's a literal gigantic drawstring string bag that's like a laundry bag kind of size of little rubber ducks.
2: <laughs> I still have the duck, by the way, Emily.
1: Ah, oh, good
2: I still have the duck.
1: So anyway, you were telling a story because
2: that's what this is about. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, just, I just enjoy talking to you guys. It's um, fun. Well, really, what I want to do is open it up to the chat and see if they had any other questions that they that they've uh, arise from last time. Um, any questions or, you know, anything else you guys wanted to hear about? Because um, it's, it's a funny thing. You know, memory is that, um, you know, I could have told you, you know, as soon as I finished the trail and Emily got to hear a lot of them but after telling them so many times, it's hard for me to remember exactly what I've told. And, um, you know, it's also, I realize that it's, it's, uh, there's some things that aren't as interesting to tell, um, that, uh, you guys could relate to because you guys weren't there, you know? Um, but if you had any questions, I probably do have a story about that.
1: Um, well, if you had anything else about nacho, you wanted to share, I know we were, we were just kind of, I don't know if you told all the nacho Mm -hmm. stories already, or if, i think i
2: told most of them because he left like uh you know at mile 500 and that's the last time i saw him like in the flesh was mile 500 um but i remember uh you know nacho writing in the logs and that's what i would see in the in the trail logs is him just committing to 60 mile days sometimes and he would just be like yeah you know what i feel like being in town tomorrow and it'd be like town is 60 miles away uh, it wow. was just, you know, and he would just hike the 60 miles and then he'd be totally fine. Like, you know, most people are like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm blistered. I mean, he could just get up and sleep for two hours, pop back up and do it again. Like he was just a never ending energy source. Tell,
1: tell us about what a trail log is and how you would see that.
2: Yeah. So every 10, 20 miles on the trail, they, the Appalachian Trail conservancy, the Conservancy, the people who govern the Appalachian Trail, and caretake it, built shelters on the trail. And shelters are these really small platforms of wood with a roof over them, right? And they're designed because the weather can get pretty crazy in the Appalachians. Um, you know, flash floods happen, sometimes tornadoes happen, lightning storms, wind storms, hailstorms, you know, snap cold snaps everything can happen there yeah um so they wanted to give hikers a place to take refuge or have a opportunity to take refuge so that you know tents don't get damaged and that kind of stuff where you know hikers would have to spend more and more money over and over and over again um and but they're small they only host about usually five to seven people you know where they're pretty small structures um but in that structure the atc the appalachian trail conservancy leaves a composition notebook and gives you a pen And so hikers would come and write down kind of a status update. It's like our Facebook would write down a status update. And then the next time they would leave it and then, you know, a group that's lagging behind would come up and read it and go, oh, so that's where they are. They must be this many miles ahead or, you know, this is what they experienced or whatever. It's kind of how we kind of kept in with each other um, without using technology um but nacho would religiously write in the logs and he would just write some of the most unhinged things actually since we last talked i went back on the appalachian trail and i hiked a small section of it um with my mom actually oh
1: yeah and
2: i have some trail entries to share with you guys cool um let me get to this
1: Kala. we see your question we'll get to it um after this
2: um oh yes cal i do see your uh your your question um this was in the grayson highlands the grayson highlands is a section of trail of highlands where it's all like grassy no trees up in, like on top of mountains where there's no trees just grass fields um and there are wild ponies there like just naturally occurring their own ecosystem there cool um that is the place that looks like rohan to me
1: oh. um, they
2: got the, the little ponies running all around but what they don't tell you is that they're the actual devil those are devil spawns So, they don't,
1: they're not the kind of ones that would need armor, too.
2: No, they're actually really small, too. They're like ponies. They're not like horses. They're, they're, they're tiny. They probably stand at a proud four foot, um, Mm -hmm. head to ground. Like they're tiny, but they are devil spawn. Um, They will eat your food. They will eat you. They will eat your clothes. They will eat your hair and they will bite and kick you. They are the devil spawn um so this is an entry from my friend not so bad he said a pony tried to eat my kneecap it was successful uh stop to smoke a cig be calm down 10 out of 10 would recommend hanging by this ladder to stretch your back not so bad and that was on 429 um and let's see if i've got one that's a little bit funnier most of these i took to uh oh here we go uh 5-1 drafty and low gear Stop for a while um good vibes no wildlife so moving to next shelter see you there chalupas and and siphon those are some people i was hiking with um but there was one oh mackie the guy who was dressing and drag there said mackie was here ponies licked my legs i can die now <laughs> i guess he was excited for the ponies <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> Is it possible they're just misunderstood <laughs>
2: It, it is possible but i i understand them quite well my my fondest memory of them keep in mind my fondest memory of them was kind of shuddering awake at four o'clock in the morning and seeing them the full moon illuminate in front of the shelter that i was sleeping in and i see the yellow eyes of two pony eyes just staring me down in my sleep inches from my feet that's what i woke up to <laughs> they are the devil spawn um
1: maybe there's just... oh go ahead sorry no, go ahead. No, can't make me. <laughs> Dang it, you own the ah, okay. Fine. Here, Let me see if
2: uh-huh. I can get that in there. There is a oop, picture of the ponies there. Oh, it's focusing on you still. It's focusing on me still. Uh, almost, almost. You can kind of see, them. I
1: could see that they are ponies. Yeah,
2: yeah, they are ponies. Um, but let me see, do I have any more? Um,
0: but the fact that you saw the glowing eyes there's an episode of adventure time where mm-hmm. they get creeped out by this pony um the entire night turns out oh, to be yeah pony, I remember that believe it was like the ice king or something um, yeah when you were talking about that that's the first thing that I thought of
2: yeah the ice king was uh was uh, was, uh, was here at the Grayson Highlands <laughs> let's see. Hikers having tory's bad handwriting oh i can't read that one um <laughs> you
0: can't because of the handwriting or you can't because of what it says because of what it says um ah, duly noted
2: um where, where's the one that uh, um let's see can i no i can't really read that one either um oh here's one uh, this is one of my really great friends she's uh she's an absolute saint uh the name is going to be a little jarring, but just bear with me. Uh, can confirm two pony sightings in one afternoon here. Previous a plus, a great blanker, uh, fun shelter too. Watch out for the clouds. Going the wrong way is fun so far. Negative eight miles today. Ball sack. That's her name. It oh,
1: <laughs> that was like an exclamation.
2: Now, for the listeners at home, let me describe why, so that we don't think this is uh, raunchy. It's um, a massage ball to massage your psoas that had two balls like this connected by a thin strip here for your spine to fit in. And it was two balls about this size. And she would hang them from the bottom of her pack, like those trucks that you see. Um, and that's how she got her name. Um, it has nothing to do with any actual genitalia. Thank you. Just wanted to make that PG 13 real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so those are some examples of kind of entries in um, the logbooks, And that's how we keep up with each other. But nachos were always crazy. And actually, I think I remember taking, and that's what I was originally looking for. I think I took a, a picture of nachos entry, but I cannot find it at the moment.
1: So what were the types of things you would write?
2: Um, I wrote pretty sparingly in there because most other people went ahead and like wrote me in there, as we called it okay um they uh they would kind of like what drafty did was that drafty and low gear stopped here drafty had written me in there so there's no point in me uh writing gotcha. in there right um but one i did actually uh write was before i actually set out on trail i did a little shakedown hike um at um the Rhone highlands which is unfortunately on fire right now um
1: oh.
2: irresponsible um fire handling and fire rings so y'all take care of your fires um, but it basically said, uh, the next time that I'm going to be seeing this, um, it, I will have hiked from Georgia, and I'm excited to tell the stories of uh, what's upcoming, and um, I hope to fill this with many more. So, I did write in, like something like that.
1: Cool. So, mm-hmm. And here you are.
2: And here I am. Now, mm-hmm. uh, back to uh, um, Cal's question, um, which was, besides animal attacks, any other brushes with death, James? Hopefully not. Well, yes, actually, there were a few brushes with death. Um, one of the more notable ones was I got a pretty nasty concussion in Maine. Um, I fell off the side of a mountain, actually. Um, what? I can't really go into detail about it because I don't really remember it. Um, I Here's, how, here's how, what I remember. I was coming down um, what's called Bemis Mountain, which is this really slick granite rock face in maine going into the town of rangeley um if, to give you guys some geography if you're keeping up with us on google maps but i'm going that was what we were conquering that day was this big kind of slopy mountain um that was going to be about a 16 mile day and at about 11 miles i had stopped for lunch and i was going to have an easy afternoon and then chill excuse me chill the rest of the day and i remember having lunch with my friends at this shelter and then i began to hike and i remember hiking for a little bit of time but not too long and then the next thing i remember is i was sitting on a log on the side of the trail and i don't remember how i got there and i was just confused my head was hurting i had a big giant goose egg on the top of my head i had branches in my hair i had you know scrapes all down my back my clothes were ripped and i was like i don't know how i got here and it took this minute like I don't know if you guys have ever experienced like that dream state of like right before you fall asleep where you're where you awake, you think you're awake, but you're kind of asleep. You know what I'm talking about? It was that sort of fogginess of like, I don't really know what's like, I couldn't recognize what was around me. I didn't know where I was. I was just kind of like there and not really processing what was in front of me. Um, and then I kind of stood up and I was like, I'm on a trail. So I guess I should start hiking. And so I started hiking and then it came to me. And I was like, Oh, I'm on the Appalachian trail. I'm in Maine. You know, I'm, I'm heading to this campsite. Okay. But how did I get there? And so I was having this excruciating headache, just like pounding and like my behind my eyes and my temples were searing. And I was like, I just got to sit down. So I sit down after like three tenths of a mile and a couple of hikers came up to me who I knew and they were like, uh, Hey, is everything okay? And I told them they helped me do a campsite just a mile ahead. And uh, I, I, you know, tried to stay awake for as long as I could and um, stayed up pretty late and then went to bed feeling that I was okay. And the next morning was excruciating. Uh, I was I was tearing up and crying because of how bad it hurt. Uh, my head was exploding. But I eventually got to town and I took three days of rest. Let my brain stop swelling. But the close brush with death is that if I had not stayed on a trail and I would have just walked into the woods for five miles uh, oh by the way that's the distance from where I, my last memory was to where I woke up was five miles so imagine just heading five miles into the main wilderness um, never to be found again so I'm very lucky that I stayed on trail uh, unconsciously wow that's probably the scariest thing that happened to me on trail to be honest scarier than the um, the uh, weird uh, sex cult thing
1: of the <laughs> last episode right and you'll have to listen to the last, uh, episode with James to, I think I tell it pretty well on
2: that, in that one. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that one was like actually the scariest where I was like, oh my gosh, because you know, just a few years prior a hiker actually got lost in the main woods around Rangeley and actually died. Um, if you have ever heard of the book, which you may not have called, um, if you're reading this, uh, um, tell my dad, I love him. Um, which is the title of the book and it's uh, the diary entries up until this lady's death on the Appalachian Trail who you know wandered off the trail and died to the elements so yikes yeah it was it's pretty scary but James I am
0: gonna just I'm gonna make a repeat statement that I said the last time that we had this podcast Mm -hmm. the more that I learn about you the less I understand
2: oh so I'm nacho to you
0: you are the nacho of my life (laughs) pretty much
2: let's get that in chat the nacho of my life that's right i
0: because i listen to these stories and having known you for as long as i have i know that these are all true i know that these stories are 100 percent true Mm -hmm. but still listening to them i can't help but go what the actual expletive (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I do find myself in precarious situations, um, quite often, but, um, no, that one was like a real like wake up call where, you know, I had been hiking the trail to that point kind of willy nilly. I had only fallen once on the trail so far up until that point in 2000 miles, I had only tripped and fallen once. Like I was pretty good on my feet. I was stable on my feet, but I guess I fell off the mountain. Like, I don't know how else I could have done that, especially if it's on my head, you know, there are some cliffs, like some actual cliffs we have to scale down. So I might have just fallen off of one of those and slipped or something. But uh, no one was around me when it happened or anything. I was on my own. So um, that one was a real wake-up call to like, hey, buddy, you better get your feet right and, you know, keep your head clear and focus because that could have went so wrong so quickly and you'd have nothing, like, that would have just been the end, you know? mean
0: mm-hmm. Did you have to go to a hospital? Did you go to see a doctor? Did you get to the end of the trail and then get some medical attention? Or
2: So here is the, uh, the long and the short of it, um, is that I actually phoned a doctor because I was not about to go into a place that I didn't know if my insurance covered or anything else. I'm also, towards the end of my hike, I'm low on money. And to my knowledge, I was like, here's what they're going to tell me. is They're going to tell me to keep me conscious, keep it quiet, keep the stress low and rest. That's all they're going to tell me. And I'm not going to pay, you know, $400 for a doctor to tell me that. I know that's what I need to do. Right. If my symptoms get worse after resting a day, then I'll go to a doctor and have them cat scan me and just pay the money and be done, you know, but Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully it didn't have to happen. Um, But, um, but yeah, uh, I did not seek medical attention in the flesh. I just was like, you know, if it gets worse, then I'll, 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 I'll look after it. But at the moment, let's just see what happens. Yeah, Cass said the forest name, or Forest Faye, nearly got you, man. <laughs> <laughs> dang, dang Faye, yeah,
1: they are I'm mischievous. Sorry,
0: the, sorry, the delightful Faye of whom I would never want to get on the bad side of, who will always help me out <laughs> and will never cause me any interruption in my life. Please don't ever cause disruption in my life again. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, maybe the the Faye that also have inspired these um ponies maybe the ponies are some level of Faye as well
2: man i swear they are like they look possessed <laughs> like they seriously like they act possessed and everything um they're mean sons of guns um i i witnessed one guy who was going up to a horse or a pony rather and was petting it and the horse was perfectly happy with letting him pet it And he was like you know pushing up against him and everything and it was awesome and then the horse just turned and kicked him in the in the shin. Like just went and just horse kicked him in the shin. Just out of nowhere. They're evil, man.
1: <laughs> They're evil. And Cala's question is on the flip side, but some of the most amazing times you've had on the trail, James?
2: Um so I think I told this story last time, but one of the funniest nights I've ever had, well, two of the funniest nights is the short one is when we came up with our, our mantra of what the trail means to us, which is fire is the opposite of soup.
1: That sounds like a nacho thing.
2: Fire is the opposite of soup. Okay. So Trey, I ask you one question. Okay. What happens when you blow on fire?
0: Um. Depends on what you're trying to do. It could either- So you blow
2: do... into the embers really hard. What happens?
0: Blow into the embers. Um, You're talking to someone that failed as a Boy Scout. I have no
2: earthly idea. I I, I apologize, Trey. Emily, what happens when you blow on embers of a fire?
1: It stokes them. It it makes it. It it
2: gets hotter. Trey, what happens when you blow on soup?
0: It gets colder.
2: Fire is the opposite of soup. Oh,
1: wow. So based on that logic...
2: <laughs> so based on that logic, ketchup is the opposite of milk. I'll okay. let you guys figure that one out. No, no,
0: no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 You cannot just come in here, be the nacho of my life, and then just leave. You do need to explain a few come things here.
2: Whoosh! Is it... And I'm gone.
1: <laughs> is it like a an acid thing? A not like the drug but like the (laughs) but like
2: ketchup is a fair question but (laughs) but no um it's um so one of our my favorite forms of humor is devolving into absurdity right just just dissolving things over and over and over again diluting it into absurdity right so that's what you have to do is you have to dilute things into absurdity to take part in this conversation right so you can make the argument, um, let me think. Um, none's coming to me right now. I'm trying to think about something other than ketchup and milk, because I do want to leave that one in the, in the uh, a mustard seed in the viewer's heads of how to figure that one out. Um, but let me see.
1: Um, what's the opposite of nacho?
2: <laughs> what's Ooh. the opposite of nacho? Hold on, let me think about some qualities.
0: Um, I'm actually going to go to our chat for this one. Um, while James is thinking of a response to this, I want you to type out if you were oh, posed I need a drink with for question, this. if you were posed with a question, what is the opposite of nacho? Knowing exactly what you know about nacho right now, what would you say is the opposite?
2: we're talking about nacho the person
1: yeah not nachos like the
2: food would be a computer okay. okay okay so the opposite of nacho is computers like okay okay so nacho is a man who is smart however incredibly chaotic
0: uh-huh.
2: and is unpredictable He's a man who operates on chaos. He's an agent of chaos. What is the most ordered and programmed thing that you can think of? My mother. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a computer because it only runs on code that was specifically put in and logic that was put into it. So it cannot possibly have chaos. So computers are the opposite of Nacho.
1: That's kind of sad.
2: (laughs) Okay.
0: Counterpoint...
2: Counterpoint. This is this is the whole discussion. Bringing it.
0: Counterpoint. Um. All right. So if computers can be programmed and are most the most orderly thing, what about computer programs that are specifically designed to be random? And then at but the you end see, point, that
2: is that is following a program. That's actually a really cool discussion, Trey. That I'm really into of like how to calculate randomness and how it's literally impossible. Um. Because you know your shuffle, for example, on Spotify is not a random thing it is actually specifically designed to appear random but in fact it's a very carefully programmed logic equation to make it seem as random as it is but it's not it's actually perfectly programmed well
0: okay so what about like video games where you've got uh, random number generators constantly mm-hmm. constantly and it's always a game of chance is that not some form of calculated chaos
2: It's not, because um, if you, for example, I'm going to use this side, uh, like, uh, if anyone's here into Minecraft speedruns, there's a chart on, like, the uh, percentage of drops, like, if you kill a certain entity, what kind of drop, what's the percent chance that you will get? It is always those percents. It is a calculated percent. That is an equation that ends up in those percents always. It will never differ from that. Right? So that is a program that someone programmed. For it to be truly random, you would have to harness the cosmos itself, which is something we're unable to do.
1: This is perfect because that makes Nacho the ultimate modern romantic. So
2: the same as modern romantic is Nacho.
1: He doesn't even know.
2: He doesn't even. We know. should
1: like crown him something, and he we doesn't make, even we know. We should
2: send him a crown. We should absolutely send him a crown and say nothing. He should just receive a crown in the mail, and it would just say from Low Gear, which is me. And he's going to text me and go, what the heck is this man? And I won't say a thing. I won't say a thing. (laughs) And he'll just have to be left. Now, now he'll be the one left wondering what the heck is going on Um, for the first time in his life. He'll have to be wondering what the heck is going on.
1: So if you can get his address, we can make this happen.
2: Yeah, I have to get his college address. Um, By the way, uh, from my last podcast, uh, talking about him uh, getting a full ride to Northwestern, um, he is now on the dean's list, and I think he is second place in his class, uh, second to valedictorian in of his class uh, in Northwestern, by the way.
1: That's pretty amazing. I think if we got his...
2: From the man who doesn't know how to eat an orange.
1: We should start like correspondence with him. We'll get his address and we'll start writing him letters.
2: <laughs> From our Lord and Savior back. Nacho. Well,
1: if he writes back, we can read him on... On our stream.
2: But back to Kala's Kala's, um, question about the best moments on trail. Another one, which I think I've told this one as well, is when I got my bear bag stuck up in a tree and we had to uh, saw it down. Or actually burn it down.
0: Wait, burn the
2: tree down? No, no, burn the rope down. Okay, I was concerned. did Did I tell this one? No. Oh, okay. So let's tell this one. Um, it was, it was probably one of the funniest moments on trail and it was like a pure, like I couldn't have written a better comedy play than this. Um, I don't think anyone could have. I'm doing my due diligence and I'm hanging up my bear bag as I throw over the rock over the tree and I hoist my bear bag up because of the weight of my food, it is causing pressure on the tree and it is burning the rope into this crook of the tree where the line is. And so it is now pinched itself. The rope has pinched itself into the tree where the the force of the pinching of the rope is counteracting the weight of gravity, right? The pull of gravity. Oh, Huckleberry! Huckleberry. Look at him, sweet boy. He's
0: doing so, sleepy.
2: He sleepy. so with that bear bag, I let go of the rope. I haven't fastened anything to it. It's just gone over the tree. I've let go and it's still 40 feet up in the air. Right? I can't get it down. I'm like flicking the rope and trying to get it down and it's not coming down. So my brilliant plan is to attach a rock to the other end of the rope and throw it up there and try and maybe unhook it that way. Well, it gets more tangled and it gets so tangled in fact that all of my entire 65 feet of rope is now tangled up 40 feet above the ground, and I have no way to get my food bag back. So I'm there at a shelter with a bunch of other hikers. Um, to put it in perspective, this is like a $140 worth of stuff there. I have a $40 Dyneema bag up there, and then I have about $100 worth of food that I had just resupplied on, and I'm hungry. I'm ready for dinner. You don't get between a hiker and its food, right? Um, so I come up with a brilliant idea of hey how about we take the trekking poles you know the poles that we hike with let's duct tape them together into one long spear attack attach a really sharp pointy thing at the end and pole saw the thing down right so i have this wibbly wobbly tiny whiny you know trekking pole mess that has no stability whatsoever and I'm trying to saw this thing down, and it keeps like catching off of it, and the knife is coming down to the shelter, and everyone's like, "Oh, You know, it's getting too close to them, and it's not working out. Dusk is now falling. There's nothing I can do. I'm about to accept defeat until I hear a small voice come from the shelter going, why don't, why don't we burn it? Like, why, do, why don't we just burn it? And I think to myself, why don't we burn it? So... At the end of the trekking pole, we attach another stick. We wrap it in toilet paper and coat it in Vaseline, and we light it. And good, God almighty, it's like the 4th of July on the end of that stick. I'm talking, it's, it's, the flames on the end of that stick were good, like, two and a half feet. Like, it was a huge amount of flames. And we hoist this wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey thing up in the air, and it's all falling over to the side and falling over to the other side, trying to gain balance. We eventually get it up there, we hold it, and then it releases... T- and my friend dove and caught it and the food was saved. Not a single thing crushed. And the whole shelter mm. went up in uproar and up, rolling, just, yeah, it took about four hours until we got wow. that food down. And I was, that food tasted so sweet, it tasted so sweet, but that was probably one of my fondest memories on trail of just that camaraderie of everyone working together to achieve a ridiculous goal in the most absurd way possible.
1: I feel like burning Vaseline <laughs> wouldn't
0: smell very good. Kala, I feel like that's a musical reference um, for our listening audience. He typed in, uh ha uh-huh, huh, uh-huh huh, fire. Yeah, fire. Uh-huh, huh. I I don't get the reference. I'm sorry. It's a, <laughs> just considered a Boeing 747 that goes right over my head.
2: And- there is, in fact, a picture somewhere. Of that happening, which I'm happy to send to Emily, so that she can uh, post that, um, and you guys can see the hilarity of what it was. <laughs> oh, look at Huck!
1: He's smelling oh, the cool. hey
2: boy, sniffing the mic.
1: He's getting a little happier now because I'm not holding him.
2: So cute!
1: He, he's standing on the desk and my leg. <laughs>
0: So for more great Huckleberry footage, you should absolutely subscribe to The Modern Romantic on Twitch um, and on Spotify. But in order to interact with Huckleberry live and our guest, you do need to tune into Twitch uh, every Monday night at 5 p.m. Pacific (laughs) Time, 7 Central Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're welcome. This has been your hourly reminder to interact with Huckleberry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You better, else he's going to get sad you good boy. We don't like sad Huckleberry. We don't like sad Huckleberry. Um good boy. Um, and Cal, again, if you want to see pictures of said incident, I have just sent a, a picture to Emily, and uh, oh. she'll probably be posting that later. Um, and you can see me with the giant pole saw, the makeshift pole saw, trying to saw down this food bag. <laughs> okay. So You, you can you... see the food bag up top, There's and the a giant bag. pole saw.
1: It's hard to see where the pole saw ends, but it looks like right here.
2: Yeah, it was barely high enough to reach that, but it was stuck all the way up there, no. and that's me trying to saw it down, and then eventually lit the thing on fire. Thank you for that zoom in on my on my wonderful figure, Emily. I was gonna
1: zoom in, but I just right on your belly button. Oh, it won't let me zoom anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, if you um, want to go back and see a lot of James's uh, content from this. He is on Instagram as Navy, not Navy, um, N A V E Y, not N A V Y. Yes. There.
2: And uh, on on my Instagram, I have every single picture and video I've taken on the trail, and you can follow it along state by state in a chronological order. Um, so if you wanted to gaze at any of that, I've got that there. Yeah, Cal, that makeshift pole saw was not secure. You can actually see the curve right there. It's it, it curves more than the curve of the earth.
0: um james is there i know you shared with us last time that there were lots of scenic pictures that you took um and that there were some of the some incredible sceneries um was there a place that took your breath away
2: yeah absolutely um well god there are so many um but the most notable would be probably the presidential range specifically in New Hampshire, um if we have any Lord of the Rings fans, it was exactly like Mordor, just like New Zealand, and it was just unbelievable. I had the perfect fog and the clouds ripping over the top of the mountains and me walking through those clouds and then it would rip open and open up a big window like a theater into this amazing view, and then it would slam shut and open up somewhere else. And um, it just felt like the mountain was speaking to me. I mean, I don't want to get all woo-woo here, but, like, it, it, it honestly felt like the mountain was speaking to me. Um, and then again in Maine, as the colors changed in fall, and, I mean, it looked like permanent fires in the trees. And, I, I mean, as a southern boy, I had never seen a New England uh, fall before, and the colors were spectacular. Some of the reds and oranges were so intense, it, it like, hurt to look at. They were so intense, orange and red. And sometimes purple and like burgundy, and the water was crystal clear. And the loons would call at night, and you would just be walking through this wonderful wilderness, just looking at everything, going, "This is like I am in an enchanted forest in a movie." I feel like I am an elf in you know Lothlorien. It is it is beautiful. That's really cool. So, I mean, it is it's magical. It really is. And then you can see Katahdin, the big looming mountain, because most of the area of Maine before Katahdin. Well, between southern Maine and, you know, Northernish Maine, it's pretty flat, to be honest. It's lake country. There's lots of lakes, and it's pretty flat. But you can see in the distance this, this stony crag giant of a mountain just getting closer and closer every day with, like, you know, clouds wrapped around it like it's some sort of, you know, deity in itself. And it just gets closer and closer every day. And then you finally get climb it. It's just... And the color's blowing up everywhere. I'll never forget it. That's probably the happiest I've been in my recent memory to be honest. Just seeing all those colors and then experiencing all that.
1: Yeah, I want to I want to go there now. I think the entire chat also wants to go there now. And maybe that's another um that that would be another photo shoot weekend we could plan. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely. And I would love if seriously, either of you guys would ever like to go up there, it you don't have to do this serious like hardcore backpacking stuff to get up there and to experience this. Um, I'm happy to take either you guys up there and be your guide just for a few miles, just to, just to see the sights. Yes, please. I would love to go. I mean, I'm pining for a chance to get it back up there. That'd be great. I feel like
0: that's a nature pun, and I'm gonna roll with it.
2: Yeah. Nature pod. I I was actually really hoping to stream on top of, uh, the presidentials, because I did have service. However, I just guess it wasn't good enough for me to stream, but, um, I would like for us to do a stream on something like that because I mean it is it's an enchanted mm-hmm. forest. I mean chat, if if you, you want to just get an inkling of it, if you hop over to Google and you just type in um, Maine wilderness in fall. I mean, there you go. That's that's what I would see every single day. It's it's mm-hmm. breathtaking. You can see it for yourself.
1: Cool. We're going to do it.
2: And now I'm moving to Maine. Honestly, and hey, there was a uh, there was a house for sale up in Caratunk, Maine, that I passed by. It mm-hmm. was a twenty six hundred square foot, no, no, twenty eight hundred square foot Victorian style home um, mm-hmm. built in the early nineteen hundreds. It looked well kept and everything um, mm-hmm. on the main road to town. Um, it was selling for eighty five thousand dollars. What? Because it's in the middle of nowhere and it's an hour and a half to get to an actual city center. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's out there, but it's beautiful. So, yeah, there you go, Whoa. like that that picture right there that is actually um that is actually um the bases to the left of Katahdin over there um this is um glass pond that you're looking at right now um this one is actually antler campsite, that oh, one yeah, is sorry, yeah, that's antler campsite um and this one, I believe is rainbow pond, if I'm not mistaken.
1: There's a lot, though. I really did just Google. Oh, there's Katahdin right there. Main wilderness in fall.
2: Yeah, the next one. The next one right there that you have. Yep, yeah, that's Katahdin uh, right there. The, yeah.
1: It's a tiny thumbnail here. Yeah, there
2: it is go. a... Yeah, there it is. That is a majesty of a mountain right there.
1: Very nice.
2: And the water is so crystal clear. You can see, like, 50 feet down. You can see all the little uh, fish swimming in it. Hear the loons the lullaby you to sleep. I miss it.
1: Balloons, loons loons are one of my favorite birds for Mm -hmm. their call alone.
2: Let me see if I can do it. That's about what they sound like. Pretty close. Yeah.
1: Now you'll have loons coming to your house.
2: I used to do that at night as I was sleeping out on like a rock at a lake. They'd call and I'd call back, and then they'd call back again.
1: Fun little game. We get them here sometimes too.
2: Oh, they're gorgeous. And you also, also, can I, I don't think I've expressed this, like, to you verbally. Um, the night after I left, how you got the northern lights above your house, I was actually salty. Like, I was, I had to take a day to just process my anger. <laughs> I, I, was, I was very disappointed. I know you have Wait. nothing to control over that, but I was very disappointed. I'm
0: sorry, you got the northern lights above your house, Emily?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, anytime there's sun flares, um usually within the next day we get northern lights
0: okay um hi uh delta uh-huh yes um hi uh-huh. yeah delta
2: mm-hmm. yep. Okay. <laughs> yep come mm-hmm. come
1: visit me well
2: yes yeah we can book you uh, tomorrow okay um okay <laughs> okay
0: uh can i get that a, a two-seater plane because um i do need to have an extra ticket for kamala harris will that be a problem oh
2: yeah no no problem at all sir um actually um we're going to include that in for free uh since you've flown with us so much um you're one of our preferred flyers so um yeah we'll get you that ticket no problem you should see an email confirmation here just shortly oh my god i totally just got it thank you so much yeah no problem at all. thank you for flying thank delta guys.
1: You know, you, you should come here at the same time, and then we'll do a live stream with everybody in the same on the same <laughs> oh, screen. that'd be fun!
2: That'd be fun in the same room. Yes, that'd and I get be cool. The pet talk.
1: We could do a live stream of the Northern Lights, even.
2: Ooh. Like we could set
1: my camera up to stream, and point it at the sky, like my good my big camera, my good one.
2: Oh, totally! This is like a further off, like off-stream thing. I just have to suggest this now. That I'm thinking about this. Um, you know how there's those YouTube videos that are like the uh, the nature sounds at night and everything. Mm-hmm. We should do a stream of us just kind of at a campfire, under the Northern Lights, and oh. just kind of like existing, you know, and talking and it. joking around. Yeah.
1: If you come visit, <laughs> we will do that.
2: Something to go to sleep too.
1: Right. Right.
0: And and if you uh. If you redeem Dance Minute, we will do Campfire Dances. Like, we are... Uba I will Buddha. Firewalk.
2: I, for 5,000 points, I will Firewalk.
1: Whoa. I think what we should do... I just want to see more Huckleberry. I think what we should do <laughs> is create all new, or a lot of new, um, channel point rewards for things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we could have Ghost Story by the Fire, or, you know, different things like that.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah,
1: the art of
2: storytelling is so frowned upon these—they're not frowned upon, but not just given enough light these days. Like it really does take a master to tell a story well, you know, to captivate from start to finish.
1: It's funny you bring that up because next week we have a storyteller on. We have Rachel Ann Harding joining us, who's a professional storyteller, and she's going to grace us with some great stories.
2: Everybody, this is why you were subscribed to Modern Romantic. They are on the cutting edge. Of all things romantic, all right as I as I uttered it, it was like from my lips to God's ears that we have a storyteller. So thank you so much for stopping so by funny. and subscribing to modern romantic
0: imagine imagine the three of us being in the same room at the same time working at the same location chaos absolute absolute delight um (laughs) oh my god it was so good um james one thing that i do have to say is that as a storyteller in your own right um you craft stories with such an amazing intensity and you do it not only in through verbal content you also do it through uh through your instagram you do it through stories um just your interaction with the people every day whether you're, telling, whether you're telling a verbal story or just through your body language, you're always telling a story. So I want to make sure that our listeners are able to catch up on what you are doing. Um, so can you remind us of what socials you're most active on?
2: Yeah, so I am um, most active on, I'd probably say Instagram, although I am not super active on socials in general. Whenever I post, I try to make sure that it's something that's worthwhile of telling a story. Um, But let me go ahead and edit my name to my Instagram handle uh, so that it's... Oh, the loon! That's it. There we go. So that is my Instagram handle right there. Mm, We could have a whole stream to just that sound. It's a haunting cry. You would hear it from across the lake as you'd see the Milky Way above you. And hear campfire maybe over to your left of your friends, kind of giggling in silence. Oh, it's just a wonderful, magical time.
1: Well, if we get lucky, we get loons and northern lights at the same time. So mm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: that hasn't happened since I've been here, but um, I imagine maybe this that it requires it's possible. us
2: three getting together.
1: That'll be some mm-hmm. night.
2: Mm-hmm. None of us are gonna get any sleep. We're just gonna be laughing and crying ourselves from How much we're gonna make each other laugh?
1: We'll live stream the entire. We'll be have do like a twenty four hour live stream or something.
2: A subathon, <laughs>
1: right? A subathon. Uh,
0: James, I do want to thank you so much for being on the podcast tonight um, and for sharing your stories with us. Um, you are always an incredible delight to have on. So thank you so much for being on.
2: Absolutely, thank you guys so much for having me. It's always great to catch up and you know hear from you guys.
1: Yeah, it's fun.
0: Uh a cap really, did you did you have to go with spiders
2: really? Um
0: and the spiders swarming up you're like, uh oh, oh, no. Mild uh, there arachnophobia.
1: No, there thankfully oh, you don't there hear are my no, spider stories. Well Kaz C- said, what, I'm sorry, Kaz said no calling the spiders and I was saying, Thankfully there are no spider calls that we know of.
0: Oh thank God. <sighs> okay. Um with that in mind um so to our listening audience please check out our online store um in honor of black Friday, as a reminder now through may 30th 2022 every single order gets a free random fantasy themed sticker in the package with your purchase if you order stickers you get to be more stickers if you order a hammock you also get stickers too Place them on your friends. Place them on your friend's friend. Place them on your dog. Please don't place them on your dog. Uh, but place them uh, wherever stickers might be found.
1: On spiders. Uh,
2: <laughs> place them on spiders. Can you imagine a little Modern Romantic logo just crawling up the wall?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to send out Modern Romantic stickers with every order anyway. <laughs> but they're kind of big. They're like they like this. They're like two two and a half inch.
0: <laughs> now all I can see is. <laughs> okay. So we are pretty much on every major podcast outlet available. We have assimilated. We are your friends, whether you like it or not. Thank you for inviting us so much to your wedding. You looked absolutely amazing in that outfit. Um, it really suits you, and mm, and thanks for inviting us to your retirement party. We're very proud of you for fifty years of service.
1: Congratulations! Woo, getting
2: old.
0: We're also coming to raid your fridge, but not for your Rice Krispie treats. No. Uh, this time, ta- this time I'd like um, a short of delightful salami and pepperoni, please, and prosciutto, so, please, that pepperoni, and prosciutto and pursuit it we're gonna ignore james's comment whatever he just said because i didn't hear it. And i'm just gonna know it was something dirty anyway uh for free wherever you get acquire amass attain secure wrangle or download or plunder your podcasts uh for updates announcements and info on who our next incredibly delightful guests are please follow us on social media for that uh james i'm gonna not gonna lie i uh I did not do my due diligence and I did not have a quote prepared, but we also like to end our uh, podcast with a quote for the night. Um, would you do me the honor and share a quote um, if you have one handy?
2: Yeah. Um, actually, this is kind of fitting. Do good, die great. That's <laughs> good.
1: Do good, die great. Nacho of my life.
2: Nacho of my <laughs> life. You oh, got life. it, baby.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> thanks for Thanks for joining us here on the Modern Romantic Podcast. Um, have a wonderful night, everybody. Stay safe, be beautiful. Uh,
1: don't forget to follow,
2: subscribe. Don't
0: forget to fo- like, Sorry. follow, subscribe, and be the notch of somebody's life.
2: Be the notch of someone's life.